Are you looking for somebody else to help your child regulate? Well, guess what? You got the power to help your child regulate, and I'm going to show you how. Hi, I'm Dr. Roseanne, and I'm a mental health trailblazer. And join me as we have real conversations about real solutions to kids' problems. And today, we are talking about strategies and ways to help your child or teenager self-regulate. So let's dive in. This is It's Gonna Be Okay with Dr. Roseanne. And today we're talking about helping children with dysregulated behavior. And then we're talking about children of all ages. We're not just talking about little kids. We're really talking about how can we help our children, teens, even adults with self-regulation. And because boy, when our kids are dysregulated, so are we. And we need as much support as we can to calm our own nervous system. So let's talk about some of the different forms of self-regulation and some simple strategies. As <laughs> They're not so simple. They are time-tested. They work. And I mean, they're simple. They're hard to do consistently. But when you do address behaviors, emotions, sensory issues, cognitive, whatever's going on with consistency, your child is very capable of learning. So let's talk about behavioral self-regulation because I feel like that's on the top of the pyramid. And it's sort of where, you know, we know that if there's behavioral disinhibition and inability to control behavioral responses, learning, tension, thinking, doing, and I'm going to put in healing can occur because your nervous system is just going to be too dysregulated for any of those things to occur in any kind of effective way. And in some cases, when you're in that sympathetic dominance, right, you're, you're you know, a brain on fire, you're, your limbic system's in overdrive, you're in a hyper state, whatever you want to call it, it's all the same things. You're in a sympathetic dominant fight, flight or freeze response. Nothing is capable. You're in su- survival mode. And many of our kids, kids with OCD, anxiety, mood disorder, even your nice little LD kid can move in this direction when their needs aren't being met, when stress is too high, which is surprising. And a lot of times these extreme issues are very complex issues. They sort of creep in and you only can make sense out of them when you go back and connect the dots. So when it comes to behavioral self-regulation, the number one thing parents can do, and I think this is the hardest, is modeling self-regulation. So when we model what we want from our kids, guess what? They're a lot more likely to do it, right? So we can either meet our kids with their anger, with our anger. We can meet our kids with their anxiety, with our anxiety. But when we're 80% or better, right? Remember, imperfect parenting, we're doing a good job. We are modeling what we want to say. You can't yell at your kid and be like, hey, stop yelling. (laughs) I mean, unless you're in the middle of the airport and the TSA is looking at you. Um, But you can't on the regular. What is your kid going to learn? They're not going to learn something. So we have to show them. And, you know, as you're understanding the five types of self-regulation, understanding how kids learn. These are all pieces to the puzzle that is your beautiful child of whatever age. Then we have to understand that everything's connected and learning doesn't just happen. So your kid can be very intelligent. Maybe they, you know, most people, 70% of the population have an average IQ. 
And, you know, so most kids have a normal intellect. And what we can do is we can teach them, right? So let's focus on what we want to teach them. And so my next tip is reinforcing desired behaviors. So behaviorism 101, it doesn't matter if it's an animal or a human, we have to shape the behaviors we want. So in that same example of screaming at your kid and telling them not to yell, we're not only modeling the wrong behavior, we're actually reinforcing the wrong behavior. So what we'd want to do is like, let's say they attempted to pull their voice down. Thank you for catching yourself, Becky. I know that must have not been easy. That's great. What do you, how, how did you do that? Now, they might be too dysregulated. Don't ask a lot of questions when they're dysregulated. But later, go back and be like, hey, you were so great. You were using your quiet voice. What was different about today? They might say, I don't know. And you're going to be like, well, I think maybe this, this, and this. And it was fantastic. I look forward to doing that tomorrow. So much more of a pleasant conversation. And as I always say, these things are an investment up front that pays off big time. Because you're not going to have backfighting and arguing and all those things. You're really going to move to a different place where they're self-regulating, right? This is a self-regulation series. How do we build it? Okay, let's talk about emotional self-regulation. So when we have a kid that is dysregulated with emotions, so maybe they have big emotions or avoidant emotions, what we always want to do is validate or validating, not accommodating. And so let me give you an example of validating, right? So we don't want to over comfort somebody. Oh, the moment they're in distress, right? Um, I had somebody who, you know, they were super worried about me and my staff in our program and how we were going to interact with them and their their daughter and their daughter was easily distressed would easily go into you know an overactive angry state and also had a lot of avoidant behaviors too and i was like hold on we got this jessica and what happens is they were accommodating their whole family was set up to meet the needs of their daughter and so that their daughter wouldn't get anxious and their daughter wouldn't get angry and instead they were like feeding this barking dog. So validating would be like, wow, sounds like this is hard for you. That's a validating. We're not encouraging. We're not overcomforting. But then not accommodating it, be like, wow, sounds like it was hard for you. But you seem to have got through it today. Wonder what was different. And so we're, we're cueing the brain to pay attention to their success. And you've heard me talk about our brain sees something negative in 20 seconds, in, in one quarter second, and it takes 20 seconds to see a positive. So we are wired to see the negative. So we have to work hard to teach that brain. And also, again, this is about us modeling the behaviors. We're going to have to work harder too. And in terms of emotional regulation, as I talked about not accommodating, coping skills are essential for self-regulation. If you don't have a way to cope with stress, I mean, just walking out in the door in the morning is going to be hard. And and for those of us who have kids who really dysregulate very easily, and some of this could be, you know, pants, pandas, OCD, depression, whatever the reason is, maybe it's trauma, maybe it's bullying. I mean, there's so many reasons why kids don't have coping skills. It could be an organic issue. It could be inherited family behaviors. Not inherited genetics, but inherited behaviors. We want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to foster coping skills. Hey, parents, looking to turn those 
stressful days into moments of calm focus? Well, that's exactly why I created Neurotastic Multimag Brain Formula. It's the brain booster that helps kids and parents stay centered and sharp. It's not magic, it's science, and it's just a spoonful away. Bring the balance with Neurotastic. Go to drrosanne.com forward slash magnesium to get special subscribe and save discounts with, of course, amazing gifts. drrosanne.com forward slash magnesium. Social self-regulation. When somebody is missing those skills in social, man, you got to really put the grease here and they need a lot of support. And one of the favorite things that I teach parents is role play. And role playing can be done in a variety of ways. So it can be done in social stories where you're I'm a terrible drawer, where you're doing like stick figures or you're using some type of app like a Pictello, which makes a story or Canva. And you're telling a social story and there's some level of back and forth interaction. Now, straight role play, that's social stories. Straight role play is actually acting things out. Like, wow, that was hard for you. Let me show you how to do it. Now, when you have a trusted relationship with your child, they're going to allow this to do this with you. When you don't, they're going to be defensive. You're not going to be able to get there. So you might have to start with social stories and move to role play. Most kids, my experience has been they love role plays. It's, it's mini acting. You know, you can even take that social story, that role play. It doesn't even have to be about them. It could be about somebody of a different gender in a very similar story. And when kids lack social skills, they often don't know that you're really trying to tell them about them and they absorb it. And you can literally see like the light bulb go off. I love that. Sensory self-regulation. My number one tip for sensory self-regulation is being proactive. I think when we know our kids have sensory issues and we don't try to proactively prevent dysregulation happening due to sensory overload, either under responsiveness or unmet needs, difficulty modulating sensory information. Boy, does this come back and bite us in the tuchus. So you know your kid needs what we call like deep pressure or proprioceptive feedback in the joints. Like before you go someplace that you know it's a difficult place for them, maybe it's school. Maybe it's a birthday party. Maybe it's going out with their friends to the mall. You want to have sensory activities in place. So maybe that's a trampoline. Maybe that is deep pressure using a sensory scalp massager. I have one of those. Maybe it's taking a bath at night. Who knows what it is? You know, or you might need the help of somebody like me. And you can go to drrosanne.com forward slash help to apply to be in our one-to-one program. It's a solution matcher that will guide you what you need. But you also can go to an occupational therapist. There are many ways to get support. We talked about different ways to help children who are dysregulated, children and teens. There are many more. We're going to continue this conversation in this series. I even have a webinar that's part of this series. So make sure you sign up and stay tuned for that. Whatever time you're listening for it at this or watching right now, you are going to be able to get the webinar. I hope I got you thinking about actionable ways to support your child's nervous system to take them from dysregulated to calm. And I hope you feel super empowered that you are your child's greatest advocate and support. And if you need more support, you can always go to drrosanne.com forward slash help. 
parenting is hard and there are so many ups and downs, just know that no matter what is going on with your kid and family, it's going to be okay. When you model the calm, share the calm, and find ways to foster those behaviors you want to see in your child. You need the right solution to help your child be successful at home, school, and life. And that's why I've created the Solution Matcher. Go to drrosanne.com forward slash help, D-R-R-O-S-E-A-N-N forward slash help to get the right solution for where you're at. 